Love bugs. Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 498. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show... Yes. Oh, I, am I telling you? I have you? no idea what we're talking about oh, today. Oh, well, a few things. This had nothing to do with the show, but I just happened to look down and see this on my phone. Mm-hmm. It was on uh, uh, Facebook, Soul Pancake. I followed oh, yeah. them. Rain Wilson. And they. it says, psychologists claim binge-watching friends can help ease your anxiety. Why would it be friends and any and not something else? Well, it's funny because Soul Pancake, you were just saying Rain Wilson, they wrote above us above it for us, it's the office. Yes. Which it's it's just interesting because I think I that think it does reduce anxiety. I do too. And I watch friends when I don't feel good. I know my daughters do. Some so why do you feel good when you watch friends? Get help the listener understand what you mean by because that. Because it's like a gentle, funny life. That's warm and okay. I know what's going to happen. I know because as you know, there's a lot of shows I can't watch because there's way too, even if I've seen it before, because there's way too much volatility. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the friends that doesn't throw me off. Um, after 9-11, I remember fr- Friends got a boost in their ratings uh-huh. because we were so inundated with coverage of terrorism that we as a society, society needed something lighter and safer. So, anyways. And I think that's okay. You know, I think that... Nowadays, are... it's a lot of... What's the word where... What's the opposite of utopia? Dystopia? Dystopian. My God, there's mm-hmm. so many movies and TV shows about the world ending. JC was just saying that the other day. Remember? She's like, I'm so tired of dystopian novels and dystopian... You shows. So really, that wasn't what we were going to talk about. That's just a side note. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Father's Day, which was the other day. Okay. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about apathy. Okay. Very good. Uh, fatherhood and apathy. Are you trying Correct. to say that are fathers are apathetic, nope, sweetie? Nope. They are two separate. So fatherhood and then space bar, space bar, or how about return, return, mm-hmm. and then apathy? Two gotcha. different paragraphs. Yeah, I wouldn't do space bar because space bar doesn't really create a whole lot of space. Dot, 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 dot. I would do not return. My computer says enter. Enter, yes. enter, enter, and then apathy. But first, uh, we have a screening on July 9th. So if you happen to live in Chicago, we're screening a movie called The Bystander Moment. I really encourage the men in the area to come. Um, obviously, if the women want to come too, that'd be great. Uh, but it's all about how do we show up in the society of not being a bystander and watching things happen and instead stand up for what you believe in. Okay. So if people want to go see the bystander movement, what do they do? Uh, they go to our website. SendParentingRadio.com. Click on, click on events. Okay. And then um, just RSVP. It's free. Okay. That's big news. Yeah. So that's a that's why you're here, sweetie. You got to help me remember this stuff. Well, and here's the thing: Todd and I talk about these things that we're we're doing, and some of them are in Chicago. Obviously, screening a movie, you have to do it here. But really, the majority of what we offer now is virtual. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, you're about to talk about Team Zen. Yes, I am. But even the tribe, which is your you know male your group of men that you work with, and you used to always talk about in Chicago, it's virtual now. Yes. So we understand that not everybody's in Chicago. This movie happened. 
happens to be in Chicago. Yes, the screening is in Elmhurst. So if you happen to be one of the lucky ones that live in the Chicagoland area, and it's about healthy masculinity. Um, I've played the trailer on a few different podcasts. I'm not going to do that again. But I really... um, deeply think that this is an important documentary for the guys out there. Obviously the women will get something out of it. Bring your teenage sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, it's only 55 minutes and then we're going to have a discussion. Great. Um, Team Zen is something we do. It's a subscription. It costs 25 bucks a month and we talk about it's it. It's a virtual community. It's a virtual community. We talk about it almost every week, but I'm going to play a little clip. Um, two, two Zen talks ago, we've done 60 of these and it's about an hour uh, virtual discussion so we can see everybody on the team and they ask questions and we answer mm-hmm. and then sometimes they answer. Mm-hmm. Um, this one happened to be where we invited one of our special guests to be the uh, teacher, I guess. Yeah, she was the teacher. Gemma Hartley. She wrote a book called Fed Up and this is our teammate Millie asking the question. So I just want to give our listeners a feel for what happens on Teams End. So here's the audio. Gemma, thank you for being here. I have to tell you that your Harper's Bazaar article is one that I have forwarded to more people than any other. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> but but I will say, I will also admit, embarrassingly, that the one person that I need to send it to, my husband, is not one that I have shared with. Mm. Because honestly, I've been a little nervous about sharing it, right? And I'm curious to know, because I've read in your article some things, you know, you wrote about how your husband uh, received it, you know, that he was feeling maybe criticized or that he felt guilty. I am actually curious about the steps you took, you know, in sharing this with your husband. Did you write the article and go, hey, honey, look at what I wrote, you know, or how did you end up, what, you know, what was the process? And then. All right. So we're going to stop it there. Okay. Um, as a teaser. So sorry if you're frustrated because if you wanted to hear the answer to that <laughs> question, but uh, we don't have time for it. But if you want to hear what it is that how Gemma answered that question about emotional labor, join the team. Go to uh, ZenParentingRadio.com and click on Team Zen. It's on the right-hand side, I think. So Yeah, Todd and I struggle with how to explain Team Zen to everybody because there's so many pieces to mm-hmm. it. And yet we know that we still get emails from people saying, can you answer my question? Or I wish I had a community. And we're constantly saying we have this community yeah. where we answer questions and we have these speakers come on and there's micro community within the community, meaning groups of people who have become really good friends and who get together. And we do, we have all this amazing online communication, but we still, I don't know if we struggle explaining or maybe it just doesn't translate. It's just, it's a, it's, it's, it's a feel thing. You're part of a community and it's hard to explain that. Our last one that we did, Zen Talk number 59, we talked about addiction, emotional labor and resentment, Mm -hmm. specifically resentment of husbands, I think. And we laughed a lot. And actually, it was my favorite Zen talk we did, <laughs> number 59. We were just in a silly mood that day. Yeah. So anyways. We need humor. Um, so what do you got there, okay. sweetie? So it was Father's Day the other day. So happy Father's Day, sweetie. Thank you. Uh, to you. You're a wonderful dad. Thank you. Um, and I admire the work you do as a father. Um, so I have this this author, or actually she's somewhat of a poet that I love, um, and her name is Cleo Wade. And I think I've talked about her before. Um and I was just, the reason I'm on my phone again, Todd, is I was going to look up the name of her book. Will you look up the name of, of Cleo's book? I will. So Cleo Wade is her name. And she wrote something on Father's Day, and she may have, it may be something old, but I thought I would share it because 
Well, let me share it first and then I'll get heart talk. Yes. Heart talk. So we've talked about Cleo's book before, but I have it next to my bed. It's one of those books. It's similar to El Luna's book. Mm, Um, Yeah. I love that one. El Luna's book is called Crossroad Between Should and Must. And it's similar to hers in that they're both artists Mm -hmm. and they also are poets and they're artists with words. So they basically do a lot of writing. um, With pictures? With pictures and just like, I'll show you Cleo, the way she writes. Yes. It's like big font and artistic. I hate all those little little letters and Cameron wants me to read one of her books. It's like 600 pages. I know. Who's going to read a book of 600 pages? Forget it. So yeah, so Heart Talk and El Luna's book, they're they're kind of, they're easy to get through because they're pictures. It's kind of like graphic novel for adults, right? Yes, right. Yeah. So, but anyway, she, Cleo Wade writes really beautiful. And one of the things she said uh, on Father's Day was, to the men whose definition of masculinity include vulnerability, empathy, compassion, intimacy, and tenderness, and the men who... Uh, buy NASA t-shirts for their daughters and fingernail polish for their sons Mm. to the men who cry in public and stand up for the women who are objectified and disrespected Um, during locker room and and also during locker room talk, you know, Mm -hmm. men who stand up for that. To the men loving bravely, imperfectly and imperfectly and with their whole hearts. I totally screwed up that last part. To the men loving bravely, imperfectly and with their whole hearts. So the reason I really liked this quote is there's a lot of, there's a lot in it. But Todd and I lately have been having these conversations about how to talk to people about things in their life like masculinity or femininity or gender or sexuality, anything. It's, it's not just about, you know, men's lives, but it, I find that sometimes because we have our own stories about things or our own viewpoint, we're in, we are very quickly defensive about when someone else shares their story or their experience or their viewpoint on something. And I can even personally say that sometimes when someone shares their viewpoint with me, like your dad was just here and he'll like say something to me and right away I'm like coming back with my like. Why would you have anything to respond (laughs) to my dad? It's not that he's provocative. Well, he is provocative, but I also find that I can be, sometimes when someone's sharing their story. I want to make sure I add my piece to it. We just talked about this in your book about somebody touching you on the back and you have you have no choice but to look back and like that's the first reaction to right. it. You know, and I don't know if you want to talk about that, but Well, what Todd's saying is that I think sometimes we need to accept that when someone says something that's provocative, either knowingly or not. Mm-hmm. Like your dad's often being knowingly provocative, but a lot of people are just they don't even know they're provoking you. They yes. just are speaking their truth. Yes. And and what the the analogy or metaphor or whatever that Todd and I came up with is when that happens, it's like someone tapping you on the shoulder where your first instinct is to turn around, mm-hmm. which is like our defensive words sometimes or our our facial expression. It's the reaction. It's the reaction. And what you and I always talk about is like, don't react, respond. And and what where we got with this is the initial Response is always one of reaction. The first thing you do is react. Yes. And then you choose. Yes. So, but the reaction doesn't have to be physical. It's right. like, or it's it a noticing. It's a noticing. Yeah. And it, then the person across from you or behind you or whatever doesn't even necessarily need to know that you're reacting mm-hmm. in that way. But you have to be honest with yourself about when you, when someone says that, my first response is this reaction. Then when you have that reaction, then you make a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to speak specifically about this fatherhood thing, okay. even though I think everyone can relate this to whatever area of their lives that they feel provoked by. Sure. But um, so a lot of times when we talk about 
you know, masculinity uh, or fatherhood. And we talk about you need to embrace your feminine side or understand your feminine side. Um, a lot of men online and men you work with in the tribe are there's an instant response of, but I'm a man or don't threaten my manhood or don't tell me how to be or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Either don't soften me up because I don't need it because I already am uh, empathic and soft enough or um, that's not all of us. Correct. Oh, the, that's not all of us thing. You know, like the, that's... Like you hear a stat of the amount of date rapes or whatever at the college campus and the guys are like, but I didn't do that. And I'm like, yes, I know. Okay, you didn't do it. Now let's talk about how we can shift this culture. Right. Like you don't have to be the one mm -hmm. who does something for you to see the effects of something. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to deny, you don't have to deny your gender or think that masculinity is bad to recognize that there, there are elements yes. of it, of the way that we raise boys and men, that some of it is negative. It's the Correct. bottom line. Like, and this is why I love the first line to the men whose definition of masculinity includes vulnerability, empathy, compassion, intimacy, and tenderness. Why I love that sentence is includes means you can have all those masculine parts that you love mm -hmm. and that, you know, like you have, you've told me that a lot of men in your life are like, but I love this aggressiveness, aggressiveness com and competitiveness. And this is who I am. And this is what men are. And don't tell me that I can't be this way. And, and so that simple word include means you don't have to take anything away from yourself. Yes, and plus. It's in addition to. Exactly. Yeah. And that can you uh, be able to incorporate that and include those things rather than those things, it's either one or the other. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we've done is, you know, again, the dichotomy of I'm either, you're either letting me be a man or you're feminizing me. Yes. What if masculinity included those words? Well, and that's I, the thing. Well, and I would even like to, because uh, there's so many different ways of explaining this and every person has their own way of explaining it. Because read me the first line one more time. To the men whose definition of masculinity includes vulnerability, okay. empathy. Masculinity includes uh, vulnerability, dot, dot, dot. Right. The way I choose to teach this, and I'm not saying I'm right, but this is the cleanest way that I can teach this. As human beings, we are all born with masculine qualities and feminine qualities. And the masculines are one of strength and competition. Not, not, not strength, that's the wrong one. Competitiveness, aggressiveness, all that. We also are born with some feminine qualities, which is vulnerability and empathy and things like that. And what, because what she says in that first one is the masculinity includes, I would say manhood includes masculinity plus these feminine traits. Right. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm right. just saying that that's the way I choose to teach it because well, all I want to do is given whatever circumstance is happening in my life, whether I'm at work or talking to you or talking to my kids or I'm out on the street, I want to be able to call on which side. I want to have the wisdom to call on which energy in the moment. And sometimes it it calls for com some competitive, aggressive behavior. You, yes. And, and other times it calls for deep, soft, empathic, nurturing moments. And it's both. We're both. Well, and I think what throws everybody off, Todd, um, you know, we've discussed this at nauseum, yes. but is the words masculine and feminine yes. because people attribute those to people instead yes. of that being. So we should really just start saying yin yang yes. or, um, you know, yin yang or, you know, black and white or, you know, like these, these two sides that we all embody because 
I really like her words, definition of masculinity. So there's not even a question. Like, you know, you're talking about how you teach it, and I totally understand. Mm -hmm. But like, like, let's go way back in time to the Gillette commercial Mm -hmm. or that really beautiful commercial that Gillette uh, put out about the man teaching his transgender, transgender son to shave. Yeah. They're just really like really saying this is the values that our company believes in. Thank goodness. And how people push back and say, don't tell me what kind of man I need to be. And don't, don't, don't threaten my masculinity. And I always am like in the first Gillette commercial, it was about men being really thoughtful and men standing up for people and men, you know, saying, you know, I'm I'm trying to remember the the opposite of boys will be boys. It's instead of seeing your two kids boys playing in the yard and beating each other up you um you, you actually support them and help them and help them negotiate yeah, and right. so and when men are like don't tell me how to be what's confusing to me is i don't understand why you wouldn't want to be like that like why that pushes against your ego mm-hmm. because the definition of masculinity is broad enough to include negotiation and conflict resolution i don't understand how saying to men, you're beautiful because you can do this too, Mm -hmm. threatens a man. I don't understand. I I think it's because we're not used to being challenged. Mm -hmm. We're not used to being threatened. And, you know, not to take this off course, but I kind of feel like when, you know, so they don't threaten my masculinity. I'm like, I, I, I feel like masculinity is not a term only for men. Correct. Right. If you say don't threaten my manhood, that makes more sense. But my daughters have masculine traits inside of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe that small, subtle shift when I choose to teach it to guys or have a discussion with guys is we don't own masculinity. Right. That, that, that seems more clear to me. Well, and everything is becoming so, like I when I see it in my mind, it's like a wave. It's so fluid. Everything, gender is becoming so, it, when I say becoming so fluid, it's always been this way. This isn't like a new 2019 yeah. thing, but we're talking about it more. People are, are, are speaking up and saying, I have always, I have never identified as one or the other. I feel both in me so strongly, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yes. You know, I feel both genders inside me yes. so strongly. And- you know, and that will confuse people. It will, and and but that's okay because confusion is the first step to learning. Yeah. You know, like when someone puts an algebraic equation in front of you, your first thing is, what does this mean? Right. And you have to take it apart, and you have to show people how this works. Yeah. And 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 in our society, the way we do that is people speak up and say, "I feel this way," and you know me, and you love me. Um, like Taylor Swift put out a great video uh, this morning, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. You you know, you need to calm down is all about, um, it's about two things, the, you know, the LGBTQ community and supporting, um, the LGBTQ community and also women, um, and, you know, not getting so, yeah. You are somebody that I don't know, but you're taking shots at me like it's Patron and I'm just like, damn. Good old T-Swizzle. I know. Did you like the video? I loved it. 
So in the video, she has a lot of icons from the LGBTQ community and a lot of people who have been vocal and who have... Such as? Well... I mean, let's put the first one first. Ellen DeGeneres is in it. Mm -hmm. Adam Lambert, who you know I adore yes. and love, is in it. RuPaul is in it. Um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson is in it. He and his husband. I, I believe that it's his husband. Um, Do you want to hear me sing Adam Lambert real quick? I'm not sure. What do you want from me? Oh, that was kind of good. Wow. All right. I'll Better take that. than usual. I feel but like George Costanza, Costanza should leave the room right now. You're like, thank you, everybody. <laughs> See you later. Um, but you can't do Adam Lambert because he's like beyond. He screams. No. He's, he's a screamer, no. sweetie. I remember on on American Idol, and he was just like scream Led Zeppelin songs. But he's not screaming. He's singing. He won American Idol, or maybe no, he, didn't. he didn't. All I know is sweetie. I'm in the minority. Everybody else loved that dude. So. Back up a little bit. No, don't do the loud sound in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, if you're going to talk about Adam Lambert, you have to know he didn't win American Idol. He lost to David Archuleta. No. He lost to the guitar guy, Chris Chambers. Oh, my God. First of all, none of those people were <laughs> in. Chris Chambers is from Stand By Me. Chris. David Archuleta was. Archie. Archie. Um, David Cook, Cook and David Archuleta. That's the guy I was thinking went of. Went up against each David other. David Cook. But he Who won that year? Uh, Chris something. Chris, he was a country singer. He had like one hit song. Oh. Um, but Adam Lambert didn't win. And I think that maybe the, you know, he was better. I mean, come on. Well, he has lasting power. He plays with Queen now. Thank you. And he, yeah, like, uh, you know, I just don't even want to go down the Adam Lambert road. No, that's I'm a not because it'll be a long Okay. Time. So anyway, she's just got a lot of icons in the video and the whole, and, and also Todd, did you watch the video? Yes. At the end, did you see the Katy Perry's in the video? Yes, Burger and Fries. Burger and Fries. So there's so the video has a lot of the song in itself is basically about how um, you know everybody's so angry at a community that they don't even they don't even take the time to get to know these people or relate to them or understand. And once again, that community is the LGBTQ plus community. Correct. I and sure. and. And also women, like just going up against women. Like, yeah. for example, you need to calm down. That language is what's always used when talking to a woman. If right. a woman starts to get upset or says you need to listen, there's a, oh, shh, 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 you need to calm down. Devil's advocate here. Okay. Um, but I'm a guy and I've had some people tell me <laughs> to calm down. So what, you're saying you're the only girls are the ones who have to calm down? Um, for women, that language has been used as a weapon. Yes. It's been used as if you're too sensitive, yes. you're, you're flying so off the handle. You know, it's like if men get angry, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. uh, Lindsey Graham, mm -hmm. then they're just angry yeah. because they have a right to be. But when women get upset, they're over-emotional, they're yeah. sensitive. So we've seen enough examples of this in the world to know how this plays out. So, so part of it is what, you know, people say about, you know, T-Swift and also just about women and just how people are so hate-filled uh, toward people that they don't even know or understand or take the time to learn about. And, um, it's well done. Like yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And the Katy Perry part at the end is nice because for those of you who don't know, uh, Taylor Swift and Katy Perry had a had a bit of a, a tiff a while back. For a long time, right? Yeah. So the story goes that Katy Perry um, supposedly uh, stole some of Taylor Swift dancers from her tour. Got it. And they went on the Katy Perry tour instead. And so Taylor Swift was very upset about it. And she wrote a song called Bad Blood 
about Katy Perry. Supposedly. Now we got bad blood. And then Katy Perry like tweeted something about, you know, Taylor Swift being a Regina George. What does um, that mean? You don't know who Regina George is? No, I have no idea. Sweetie, Mean Girls. Come on. Oh, mean girls. sorry about that. Um, and so basically there was just a lot of like in the media stuff. But see, the media loves it when women don't like each other. They just love to pit women against each other. idea this was about Katy Perry. It is. Or supposedly. You know, everything is always like, you know, people's... People make up... uh, They create interpretation. If I remember correctly, um, Taylor Swift did a interview in Rolling Stone where she... Oh my gosh, my phone, you're... I'm getting texts from your sister right now. Let me turn. Um, I remember a Rolling Stone article where she alludes to this. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's a reach for us to say yes. That's exactly what happened. Um... But at the very end of the um, You Need to Calm Down video, she has um, a lot of men dressed as um, like big female icons. So a bunch of um, men dressed as female icons like, you know, Adele and uh, Lady Gaga and Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and all these women. And there's a part of the song where she says, you know, we all have crowns. Mm -hmm. Like basically she's saying you know, people like to go on the internet and pit them against each other and talk about who's killing it and who's not and who's mad at each other. Like and who's, who's on top. Like we all have top. crowns. If we all have crowns, we're all on. We all are. Yeah, we're and all we equal. Don't, and, right. We don't need to rip each other down. Yeah. Um, and she just mentions that. And then at the very end, she and um, Katy Perry, they, they hug. They it's do very a little nice. hug. Um, is it okay if I talk about sure. our first partner of the week? So uh, we just dropped our daughters off at camp. What's the first thing they have to do once they get there, my darling? Oh, they have to stand in line and first get a lice check so they make sure lice stays out of the camp. So if your kid comes home from camp or summer summer school with a lice letter, there's no need to panic. You just need Wellcome. Here's the deal. Uh, there's no fear, no drama, no pesti- pesticides when it comes to lice removal. It's all about naturally removing lice and nits from the head without putting harmful chemicals on your child. So this is what you need to do. Go to wellcome.com and order your welcome kit, or you can go to Dollar General to purchase your lice and knit kit, which includes the welcome. So thank you so much to our friends over at Wellcome. Uh, do you want to stick with the fatherhood thing or are we going to go to plan well, B? Well, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the next thing, but let me just finish this up. Um, so let's see. The last part, you know, to the men uh, who are, you know, standing up for the women who are objectified and disrespected, um, who are loving and bravely and imperfectly, because it's, it's sometimes even when you're standing up for people, you, you're not quite sure how to do it. Yeah, it's you know scary. What I mean? And, but just living with their whole hearts. I mean, sometimes you have to take risks. And I was reading one of, um, Heidi Stevens articles today. She writes for the Chicago Tribune and she actually wrote about men who were speaking, openly about their experiences with abortion mm-hmm. and their partners. Which is um, completely foreign if you think about it. Yeah. like and, and I was reading her article going, this is so interesting. I am a man who has been on the search for 47 years. I have never once had any of my friends who I'm sure statistically have been a, a contributor to the result of an abortion. Yeah. I've never heard any of them say 
that even acknowledge that it happened. They have contributed to a pregnancy. That's what I mean. Yeah. Sorry. Contributed yeah. to a pregnancy that resulted in an abortion. Right. And that decision, they could have been half of that decision. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe they weren't involved. Maybe they were. But a lot of times it's a decision between two people. It's not. It's taboo. It's not talked about from the guys. And probably there's an element of that with the girls. Exactly. So it was just an interesting, like for men to share their own experiences. It's so weird to even think about that. And that is... This is what, I mean, and again, Cleo Wade wasn't talking about this specifically, but sometimes when we talk about, it's not just even standing up for women, and I'm putting that in air quotes, men talking about all aspects of their lives instead of thinking this is a woman's issue. Like, you're involved in this. You, This is not something you can just push off and be like, oh, that's just women. You contribute to this issue. Every pregnancy that has ever happened in the history of time, a man has been involved in one way, in one shape, way or, or form. another. And whether we're not talking about the decision whether or not to have an abortion or, or raising a, a person, raising a kid. Mm-hmm. Like... There's a lot of single moms out there, a lot more single moms than single dads. And this is when I get all worked up. You know, the Where other, are all the guys? The other night, Tad and I were watching uh, Boyhood, which we love deeply. It's a really good movie. And um, there was this scene that I had kind of forgotten about. Um, and these happen in movies all the time. This happens in real life. Um, but where Ethan Hawke, he comes to see his kids when they're little. So I think Mason is like five and yeah. Sam is like seven, something like that. And there is a point where um, Patricia Arquette's mom, his former uh, mother-in-law, is talking to him. She's like, what do you, you know, he's dropping off the kids. And she's like, are you going to stay here? What are you doing next? He goes, I don't know. I may just kind of, you know, move on to the next thing. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to live here, whatever. And I, I looked at Todd and I'm like, it's crazy that he even has those choices. Sure. You have children. And for you to have the freedom to be like, Oh, I might stay. I might go somewhere else. I might live somewhere else. I might go to Alaska. Like, it's crazy. And again, for those of you who, you know, you don't have to see the movie to understand this. He feels free to come see his kids whenever he wants and then just to go have a life. Mm -hmm. He went to Alaska. He did. And and let me say that Ethan Hawke in that movie totally turns out to be a really good dad. He does. He had a crappy first five years of their lives. Mostly because he was so young. Yeah. Like he was 23 when he had their first kid. But th- that's not, I, I say that, but so was it Patricia Arquette. Yes. And she was there. So it's a very interesting, or you and I watched Big Little Lies yes. last night. Oh, so good. So good. And there's, you know, there's this whole storyline for those of you, I don't want to go too you know, far down this rabbit hole, but the character that Reese Witherspoon plays, she has a daughter when she's much younger with a, uh, with a man who's also in the show. And she basically raises this daughter by herself. The man who ends up being Zoe Kravitz's wife late or husband later, he's not around for this experience of her raising her daughter. And it, and later, this is in season one, when the daughter's like 18, she wants to go live with her dad because she's not getting along with her mom. Now, let me just say straight out, the character Reese Witherspoon plays is a very flawed character. Yes. I understand why the daughter is mad at yes. her mom. But from like a purely just like being a mom for a second, she raised her by herself. I know. And now the daughter's like, I'm going to go stay with dad now. Yeah. It's just such a interesting, you know, and the daughter does leave. She yeah. lets her go. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, a, a. She doesn't. She's not excited about it. Mm-hmm. But you do have to let go, and and I honor her for doing that. Um, but it's just such an interesting way to view the woman's experience versus the man's experience. I know. 
I know. And, you know, some guys are like, well, it's just the way it is. I'm like, why? Why, why? is it that, the, that, that that's the way it is? And they'll be like, well, I, my buddy got his girlfriend pregnant and he wanted to be involved, but she wouldn't let him. Like, all right, maybe that there's, you can always find an example, but let's talk about the macro. Exactly. What's happening? Exactly. What's happening is that there's a lot of young men in prison and we need to figure out what's broken. Right. And a lot of young men committing suicide and a lot of men who are abusing their wives and a lot yes. of men who are lonely and depressed. And it's not just about demonizing. And it's if, about healing. And if, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, and you're like, well, I'm not doing any of that. Okay, great. We got it. Thank you. <laughs> now, how do we change this? And that's, uh, ironically, that's what this uh, documentary is about that yeah. we're showing on July 9th is the bystander moment. How are we... Yeah, we're not going to date rape somebody, but if you're in a fraternity and, you know, your son is in a fraternity, you want them to stand up for somebody who needs support, not to turn a blind eye. And that's what this is about. Because we are still sending our daughters and sons into a culture. Yes. Into a Broken. patriarchal culture. I was culture. part of that culture. Yes. And that's the thing we miss is we'll say we're so myopic or we're so self-focused about yes. if I don't do it, it doesn't involve me. This can become very political. Um, and the truth is everything that everybody does involves you. We are part of a system. A system <laughs> and when we only say, but I don't, we miss the opportunity to shift a culture. And I feel like the first, this is like we were saying before about the tap on the shoulder. The first thing that happens, well, I just read a Gloria Steinem quote about this. The first thing that happens when you try and shift a culture is everyone gets mad at you. Mm -hmm. Like it's the, the natural first instinct is like, as soon as you say my experience is different than yours. I just wrote something in my book about I've, I'm finding new terminology when people tell me how something happens and I say that isn't my experience, that's becoming my new way of trying to shift a culture of when someone says something is absolute fact, like women are this way. Mm -hmm. And I can say that hasn't been my experience or two year olds are always this way. Mm -hmm. That hasn't been my experience. Right. I'm not saying it isn't yours. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. What I'm saying is, can you open your eyes to see that there are many things playing out? And when you look at the statistics of our culture, there are some shifts that we need to make. Right. And, and if we're going to spend all of our time being defensive about these issues, um, then we're not going to get very far. I know. Um, so... Anyway, I just wanted to say on that note, because we just talked about such heavy topics, for the men out there... Um, the fathers out there yeah. um, who are showing up and doing the best they can. And, and like this, like Cleo Wade said, loving bravely imperfectly. You're not doing it all right. Neither am I. Neither is none of us are. But you keep showing up and you keep being there and you keep trying and you're listening and you're focusing and you're changing and you're, you know, that just thank you for being who you are. Yeah. And um, and happy Father's Day a few days late. Yeah. And, and just know that you are... Um, changing the world just by the way you're raising your kids. Yeah. Um, and you are changing the world just by recognizing who you are. Well, and I've said it, I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. I love being a man and there's some wonderful attributes to being a man that do not come as naturally to women. I'm not getting to specifics, but 
I'm not man-hating here. Like being a man is awesome. It's like, let's just figure out what it means to be an awesome man. Well, and and let's open up the definition of manhood, like Cleo said, to the men whose definition includes mm-hmm. empathy. Like when did being a good person hurt your ego? Or like you, I don't understand well, that. Well, and you think about like, you know, the, the one of the biggest... Um, slights that you can hear as a young boy is like you throw like a girl or right. don't be a girl. Right. And like, what are we teaching these young boys if we think it's a bad thing to be compared to a girl? Right. And that's kind of, you know, those are culture shifting, um, recognizing those things and saying them out loud and teaching our children to either notice them not believe them or hopefully not say them, um, teaching our coaches, talking to our coaches who say these yes. things, who are like who are like passing down um, negative things that they learned in their childhood, mm-hmm. who are using words, you know, like I was just, you know, I was just talking to your dad, he was using a few choice words and I actually said to him, you can't use those words anymore. Yeah. And he's great. He'll be like, okay, like there are generations of people who are like, explain to me why that word doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And if you can explain why it hurts someone, we got plenty of words that we can use. And I know some of us, like we, we hold on to certain things and we're like, no, you can't tell me I can't say this. But what if I tell you it harms a population? Yeah. What do you choose the word yeah. over the population, or do we find new words? Sweetie, people are too sensitive these days. I, I mean, that's, that's a very easy way to say I don't want to change. That's exactly what that means, in my judgment. And I know for those of you who are like, yes, but it gets taken too far. Agree. Yes, there are times when it gets way, way out, out of, of balance. Like, totally hear you. We're, we watch this pendulum sometimes. You know, we all do. But Todd and I talk about it all the time, where it goes okay. way yeah, too, too far. far, and we're like, okay, you know, like we're when someone's intention, especially if their history of intention has been good, mm-hmm. and we're trying to knock them down. Or say they're horrible. Right. It, we're just too far. But the majority of us really um, have an opportunity to check our words, our language, ourselves, what we're teaching our kids, um, how we're showing up, listening to what others say. And it, you know what, everybody, it never ends. No, so it's a journey. It's all a journey. So you wanted to be 45 minutes, we're 37 in. So do you want to touch that other piece or what? I don't think what? I do. Really? I don't think so. Okay. You want to know why? Tell me. Because it's summer. Yeah, it's time to chill out. And I think that that some of our podcasts are super long, but today let's just let's allow this one to be as it is. Sweet, I'll give me another chance to promote the virtual tribe. Go ahead, honey. Tribemensgroup.org. If you're out there, if you're any, if you're a guy and you're anywhere out there in the world, we have a, um, monthly meetings where we pick a topic and we have a honest discussion about it, and it has something to do with our. Mission, and our mission is to redefine the current concept of masculinity by creating a challenging and supportive environment to awaken and empower our authentic selves. I have said that more than a few times. So anyways, if you're a guy out there, check out tribemensgroup.org. I also coach guys, toddadamscoaching.com. Do you have anything uh, coming up that you want to promote? Um, This fall, we want to uh, do a sex education series for people out there in the Chicagoland area. Well, let me say that differently. Todd and I are going to be offering a sex talk um, to any school, any organization that feels that they need sex ed for the 21st century. Todd and I have done this sex talk and it keeps getting, I think, better and better. Yes. The more we do it in front of people where we get the feedback about yeah. it, it gets deeper and deeper. And we 
want, you know, this is what Todd and I do best. Mm -hmm. And so for people to know that, and I know it's in the middle of the summer for those of you who, you know, we're in the middle of June right now, but if you're thinking about your school or your organization or your group or whatever it may be, Todd and I offer this talk. And so if you go to, you can actually email Todd at zenparentingradio.com or Kathy at zenparentingradio.com. You can also go to our website and use our contact page. Um, But yeah, we're doing that. We have have 1440. We're doing a Zen Parenting um, three-day workshop, three-day weekend workshop at 14 40 in California. Which is a ridiculously amazing retreat center. You fly into either San Francisco or Oakland, and I've been there, and it's off the hook. So um, bring your partner. It's going to be What awesome. weekend? October? October 25th through the 27th. That's what I'm thinking right now, but I'm going to double check it on the old trusty Google Calendar, which is an important, so trusty. important part of our marriage, the Google Calendar, sweetie. Uh, 1025 through 1027. What would we do without the Google Calendar? I know. I still have some friends that do the old school. I'm like, oh my God. I don't know. How do you do that? I don't know how they do just because so much changes. I know. And there's so many like like a week long thing or, um, so we kind of already said all these things, but just for those of you who are like, you know, it's summer, I need things to listen to. I need things to do. So just a few things just today. So first of all, watch Taylor Swift's new video. Mm -hmm. And she actually at the very end of the video has something you can sign Mm -hmm. some like a quality petition. Um, there's a great interview that I listened to today on Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard with Julia Louis-Dreyfus that I thought was incredibly good. That made me laugh very hard. And then for those of you who haven't seen Big Little Lies, go watch season one and start enjoying season two. Yeah. Okay? So it can be your summer watch. Like it's really important. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of women's voices. Would you say you really should go back to season one or can't you jump in at season two? I, I think you can't jump cannot jump in at season two because you paused it at the beginning last night. And I told you everything. You told me everything and that intro would not have told me anything. Season one is vital. That's the book. Big Little Lies is season one. What they did in season two is they just added to it. So I would say added to it, meaning they they wrote a whole new story. Sure, Um, which is really good. The reason I would say watch season one is no need to jump ahead. Like you have plenty of time. Yeah, we're only two weeks in. We're only two two weeks in, and they only drop each episode every Sunday. Do you feel cool when you use the word drop, sweetie? You know, it's become very natural to me. I think I initially used to think it was really cheesy, Mm -hmm. but what else? I don't. What else? That's like the the word. Yeah. What's the? They release. Yeah, they release. They re- Drop is cool. Releases like people our age that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So because when last weekend I was so I was so tired one night and I was like I'm gonna watch Big Little Lies. I'm so excited and I'm so used to binge watching that I sat down and thought I was going to watch the whole season and they had only dropped mm-hmm. the first episode and I was like oh I was so sad and then that's when I watched Sharp Objects and we, everything went awry. We as a society have become very impatient. We're so used to having, you know, um, Amazon, two-day shipping, overnight shipping, same-day shipping, uh, uh, you know, watching all the episodes of a of a series in a two days. It's all that. I know. Well, you were just used to it. and But you talked over me saying I watch Sharp Objects. Um, I know. We talked a little bit about Sharp Did Objects. We? No, no. In the 500th podcast, oh, which I'm about God. to play a preview of. <laughs> so do you want to explain what, to, what our listeners can expect for the 500th podcast? Sure. So the 500th podcast, which is obviously in two weeks Mm because we're 498, is uh, an interview with 
or it's a discussion with our daughters. So we've been doing this show, Todd and I debate eight or nine years, but around there, 500 episodes, we've never had our girls on. So Todd, before you play this, when we started the podcast, um, if it was eight years ago, let's just do the median. Okay. Um, so JC is 16. Yeah. So obviously she was eight yep. and Cameron was six yep. and Skylar was three. Mm-hmm. So when we started Zen Parenting Radio, that's how old our kids were. And now we have a 16 year old, a 14 year old and 11 year old. And they were on the podcast with us for this 500th episode. You and wanna, it was really interesting. You want to hear a clip? Sure. This is us talking about grounding and punishment. Oh, never. I've been close, but not. You guys have Wait, just talked to us. close. I was when I was younger. I was at the O'Keefe's house. I remember. Do you remember that? that? I do, because you were like, "Yeah, I I, almost got grounded." I was like, "What?" Because I, I don't think I've ever like been punished or anything like that. Just timeouts. I've never had a timeout. So, and we'll get to timeouts in a second. Um, And there's no right way to parent. So that's the first thing I want to say. But there's a lot of parents are that are probably hearing that saying, "Oh my gosh, how can you not really ground your kids when they misbehave or?" When they, you know, say you're four years old. And you that's don't just a little, um, that's just a little tip or a little tease for the big 500. I, I think it was an awesome podcast. Oh, they're just nice people. I like these three. <laughs> I like my kids. They're good. Everybody loves their kids, but I just, you know, it's actually, I, said, I think everybody, I think most people love their kids. I think there's plenty of times when parents don't like their kids. Well, and you know what I mean? Of course. And you know, it's just like you and I, sure. like I love you the most, but you can also make me the most angry, right? Because if I, I love you the Sweetie, most. That would never happen. Never. And it's the same with our kids. They can offend us the most because we love them the most, but I just, it was fun to, so Todd and I were kind of sitting at one end of the table and you know the girls were at their microphones and everything and just looking at them like I just really like them oh god yeah they we these three individuals it's gonna be fun watching them figure out what they do with their life I know and you know with one we don't have that much more time I know she's 16 I want to talk about with it with Skyler she's 11 so we got a little time left with her and Cameron somewhere in the middle but it was I think it's a wonderful way for us to celebrate our 500th I sometimes um, don't spend a lot of time celebrating things. Mm-hmm. And I, re- you know, think about this. 500 is a pretty big accomplishment. And hopefully this doesn't sound egoic, but I don't want to skip over that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to skip over. Why is that egoic? Um, What's egoic about that? Everybody, look at us. Listen to us. We're, but you, we're great. Your point was I don't celebrate things. And, and the way that we chose to record this 500th podcast for me was a celebration of a culmination of us parenting for X amount of years. Mm. So I just thought it was kind of a cool, cool thing. Well, it was lovely. Um, I want to talk about our last partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, uh, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Um, If you uh, want to reach out to him, call him on his cell, 630-956-1800, and say, Jeremy, I need you to paint my house, or Jeremy, I need you to redo my kitchen, because he's done all that for us, and he's wonderful at what he does. So go to avidco.net, and um, we're going to play the closing music. That's what we're going to do. Everybody have a good week. Uh, $4.99 next week. Uh, Keep trucking, take care, Team Zen, all that good stuff. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us questions. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen talks through the Team Zen 
private podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything we offer. Our tagline is zero pressure, 100% support. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. What about my book, sweetie? Just my books. Oh. I want to tell you about an exciting weekend workshop we have coming up on October 25th through the 27th at the Majestic 1440 Multiversity, nestled in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. For more details, send me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but Kathy and I get a small commission from Amazon. And don't forget to put next year's ZPR conference on your calendar. It's February 28th and 29th, 2020. Leap into the new year with us. That's right. Leap, sweetie. Uh, And guys, don't forget, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. Uh, So we talk about work-life balance, deepening relationships with loved ones. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You get to choose. First session's free. For more information, go to toddadamscoaching.com. And don't forget about the Tribe Men's Group. We're finally reaching out beyond Chicago and are going to have some opportunities virtually. So head on over to tribemensgroup.org. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And I'd like to give special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. He's a bald-headed beauty, and he can be found on the internet at avidco.net. And lastly, just thanks to all you listeners for listening and keeping us going after all these years. Cannot say thank you enough, and uh, keep trucking. Adios.